Welcome back to another recap discussion episode. Today's a big one. Oh Lord, some some very important events have happened recently, and it would be remiss. I would be remiss if uh, we didn't discuss that here on recap. So, I'm your host Josh. Um, with me, I got a bunch of people in the office today. How you guys doing? Doing well, man. Great. Good. Good. So, uh, recently we've made history in a, in a couple of different ways. Uh, first and foremost, this is the highest voter turnout in the entirety of our nation. Yeah. Yes. That's kind of the big one. I I was quite surprised at not only just the staggering number of votes, but exactly how those votes went. We'll get into that a bit deeper uh, a little later. But as far as we now know, uh, Biden-Harris uh, have been projected to be the the winner of the presidential race. And so effectively, here's my tagline. I said I was going to give you one. We beat Trump. Nightmares but here's over. the thing. Is it though? Um, that night, that particular nightmare, yes. <laughs> yeah. So the the real question here, and, and we'll we'll break this down a bit farther, is uh, so now that we beat Trump, what happens now? Where do we go from here? Um, so obviously, you know, that Biden's now president, or at least he, he's the president elect. Um, history's been made with Kamala, first woman and first black woman, um, in the vice president seat. How exactly how much work is there left to do? Like what what else what all do we need to fix in America right now? Uh how long do you have? <laughs> I mean we have a lot of work to do. Like Biden has a lot of work to do. The Senate has a lot of work to do. We all have work to do in our personal lives to repair some of what's happened to all of us, I think, in the last four years. But yeah, there's a lot of work to do. Starting with the virus and the economy, which yes. is like oh, the work of four years. <laughs> <laughs> that's 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 fair. That's fair. Um, that was honestly that, that that's a pretty. I feel like that was a pretty silly question, but it was. I feel like it was a good one to start us off on because it, it's pretty clear that even though we have effectively stopped the bleeding, we are still wounded as a nation, um, very very deeply. And there's a there's just a lot of things that we need to address, and I'm going to get into a couple of those with you guys today. Um, one of the things that was very interesting was that as I was hearing both the election results and then talking with people uh, in my own personal spheres, there, there were a lot of people saying that there was a lot on the ballot, um, you know, where people were voting for decency, people were voting for truth, people were voting for all kinds of things. And so because I thought that was a really interesting question, I want to ask you guys, what do you think was on the ballot other than obviously the president? Um, so decriminalization, I say um, uh, we had five, so in five, um, legal marijuana um, for like recreational use was available in five states. It won in five states. Um, ma- I say uh, magic mushrooms were um, decriminalized in Oregon. I say, okay, so I'm sorry, no. Magic mushrooms were legalized in Oregon and Washington D.C., and Oregon decriminalized all d- drugs. Dot all of them. Yeah. All the drugs. Um, so I <laughs> the mean, drugs were on the ballot. I have already seen you know people been like you know who the real winner of uh, 2020 was drugs, and it's like, I mean marijuana. 
marijuana was a, was a big winner. Um, but we also saw things like uh, Florida voted for um, to by twenty twenty six to have fifteen dollar minimum wage increase. Yeah. Yeah, I did not know about yeah. that. Yeah, I, I knew about the, the a lot of the marijuana legalizations and other things along those lines. I did not know about that. Yep. That's in states that Trump won, which yeah. like scrambles people's narrative. Like the people in Florida voted for Donald Trump. Also, they would like more money. <laughs> <laughs> They're not exclusive. South Dakota was like, we like President Trump. Also marijuana. We're not savages. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, that stuff was on the ballot. Like I also I think what was on the ballot was basically a return to a return to stability, I think, more than necessarily the stuff about uh individual values. I, I think a lot of it was um a return to a president who doesn't tweet like a hundred times a day. Like yeah. we don't agree with you. But you say normal things in a normal way, and that I can deal with. Like, I can argue against Joe Biden's policies in a normal way. I'm so excited. Like, I am personally excited to just disagree about normal stuff. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I, <laughs> I, hang on. I, uh, oh, wow. I, I got to take a minute. I, I am, I, <laughs> hang on. Let me, let me make sure I heard that right. I am excited to disagree about normal stuff. Yeah. Because you're right. Like there, there's, been, there's been a lot of things that people have been disagreeing on that are like fundamental human rights. And that feels really hard to disagree about. Oh, okay. So, okay. So there's definitely that angle, but I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to put this on another angle. Right. So okay. the idea of space force. So you're going to say, you know, the, the space force, the, the, the extension of the military that's going to do things in space that Trump, like that Trump, honestly just made a, um, I say made a buff, like made a buffoonery of, um, and it was like this is like, and everyone was like, this is a genuinely stupid idea, and then it was like, and it's being framed in a really stupid way, and it's like actually, guys, this is a pretty reasonable idea that's being framed in a really stupid way. Yeah. So yeah. like, I yeah, funny, like, funnily enough, I agree like, in a reasonable I way, guys. Like actually, kind of dope. And yeah, uh, whenever I was at the aerospace museum, I, I don't remember what uh, what city it's in. We were doing some traveling before uh, COVID said put a kibosh on all of our our yearly travel plans. But um, I I had no idea that all the different things that were involving space were so like everywhere like everyone every different department had like a space thing there was no real way to put that all together there was no chain of command that that went under and when i actually looked at the information involving the space force, space force i was like you know it's actually not that bad of an idea i mean no. that's, that's a stupid ass name but like that's actually not that bad it's of a an idea. super good idea modern <laughs> life modern life doesn't exist without space satellites yeah. None of what we take for granted exists without GPS satellites. Like, for real. we need something like, hey, we should protect those assets. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> also, every dollar that like our country invested in space is a boon to the economy because they create things that they then the public gets to use. 
Like it, they develop all sorts of awesome technologies that are really good. So yeah, we should invest more because it becomes an economic boon down the road. <laughs> but you know, that's what I meant though, kind of what Alice was saying, right? Like, because a lot of the Trump era was wrapping up ideas and the personality of Trump, you couldn't separate the quality of the idea from the personality of the president. You just couldn't pull them apart. And so I'm looking forward to like, can we talk about the idea itself? Because it's being presented in a straightforward, normal way. And let's talk about the idea and whether or not we think it's good. We actually had a couple of discussions uh, among us about that, about yeah. how it was basically impossible to separate the president's policies from himself yep. and why he may not have been the most awful thing to has happened to America. I remember someone who have said something along those lines. <laughs> now, um, I, that actually gets, leads into a bit into my next point. So uh, a lot of the people that I know of who either voted for Trump in 2016 and may have flipped or whoever, who, if they ever supported Trump in general, one of the things that they generally tended to say, uh, kind of across the board, is that they thought Trump's non-political background was a boon. Now, I know how I feel about that. We don't need to get into that because I know how you guys feel about it too. But uh, one a concern that I know a lot of people have is that now that we have a career politician back in the White House, are we back in for more of the same of what we had before? Or is this president also going to try to make changes or at least do things in a different way? What do we think? I mean, we're in a pandemic, man. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like the the first like the first two things on the on his on the docket are going to be like, uh, okay, so three things, right? So he's already said like we're going to do like the climate accords, like we're going to go back and like rejoin the international community, and that'll be cool, like um, being respected amongst our allies and um, at least respected by our enemies. Yeah, it'll be great. Um, yeah. uh, the second one is like, you know, dealing with, um, is dealing with the economy and the third, and I say, and like, and the two and three kind of pair together and dealing with the pandemic and like, it, it'll just, like we were just saying, like, it'll just be really nice to talk about like public health policy and we can debate like the, the pros and cons of, uh, the various public health policies. Cause we'll have one. Yeah. That'll be nice. Right. Yeah. I mean, having a politician do politician things because we kind of demonize politicians and we like lionize businessmen and who make money. We think like, well, we want someone who runs the country like a business. But like this is something Alex and I talked about and you're seeing it. We're going to see it play out. Uh, we're recording this on uh, November 8th. So tomorrow when we're recording, we're going to see this play out. Joe Biden is just going to name a committee with like 12 public health experts, which is what a normal politician should do. And we talked about this, Alex. We're like, you know what he's going to do about Corona? He's going to ask the 12 smartest people he knows, what the fuck should I do? And then he's going to follow their advice because <laughs> that's what's normal. Like, that's what politicians do. Like, I don't know the answer, but I'll form a committee and ask people smarter than me. Yes. Oh, Yes, that's what when people say, will it be like normal? I mean, 
if you want someone asking smarter people for advice, then yeah, that's it's going to be like normal. Like that's exactly what politicians do. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. Like I don't expect the president to know everything. I don't want the president going out in front of the cameras and claiming he's an expert on every single thing that comes up. That's not realistic. I want a president who does what politicians do, which is ask smarter people for advice. <laughs> Instead of saying that they're fired. Yes. Yes. The last president built his career on firing people. Literally. <laughs> Which is a bizarre thing when you think about it. Like, what are you known for? Firing others. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> one, of my, one of my favorite memes to have come out of the election was a, a surprise Donald Trump face going, I'm fired. <laughs> yeah. So that's um that'll be that'll be fun. That'll 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 be fun to to reconcile with. Speaking I, mean, I guess. Oh, I wanted to add something good. in. I think my worry, yes, I agree. I would like just someone who's sane, someone who every time I hear doesn't just like raise up my blood pressure. That's going to be cool. Uh, but in terms of one of the things I think a Trump presidency was good for, which might sound even crazy to say, was that just a lot of the racism that is alive and well, because people were like emboldened, by his actions. It also, I think for some people, particularly maybe some white people who were like, oh, you know, we're past that. It was like, oh my God, yeah, no, we're not. So one of my fears is that because we're not gonna have this sort of like craziness always being thrown in our face and like maybe white supremacy will have somewhat of a different look, will it not be tackled in the same way and then we go back to what has kind of been the status quo for so long and there's not as many protests and people become more complacent and the same, you know, black voters, indigenous voters. I mean, that's also something side note, but I think, you know, we have to give indigenous communities, especially out West, some props for how they voted and how they came out. So for all the people who really allowed Biden and Kamala to get these seats, will they once again be forgotten which tends to be the case. So, yeah, I am. I am really worried about that. So, um, I said it's a very valid concern, and I definitely think it's something. Like, I appreciate you like bringing that up, and can I, um, you know, want to continue to talk about that. But we were talking earlier about like what was on the ballot, and we kind of overlooked this, right? Um, but there are not like there are numerous other places. There are numerous places that were passing. Um, they were passing legislation to weaken um, the protections and authority for uh, for um, uh, police officers. And let's say um, I think of the I think it was uh, on BLM's website said that uh, nine uh, say of the ten things that they had proposed, nine of them passed. Yep, that's pretty cool. I didn't yeah, know yeah. I, I mean, I hope that a lot of what we've seen. Um, for the race part, a lot of this is going to have to turn towards local state level governments, like, like 
we saw this also in California, which obviously voted overwhelmingly for Trump. I mean, for Biden, God's sake, please, California, do not, do not come at me. He was wrong. Lord. Very sorry. Very sorry. Good Lord. But they also voted not to uh, reinstate affirmative action in their education and public institutions, which does not track with how you might think of California, right? This stuff is gonna have the fight has to shift to a different level and i think it probably has to shift to a level below the national government in many cases um and but i also think you'll see i i can't remember what they were called but under obama uh the department of justice had a lot of the uh, I can't remember what they were called, where they would make agreements with police stations, which was basically like, hey, you need to do X, Y, Z in order to maintain funding levels. And it was sort of a behind the scene thing that didn't get a ton of attention, but it was helpful for getting some of this stuff tracked and getting some police stations on the right path towards solving some of the problems. And I say that was the that was part of the thing that led to um, all of the body cams, right? Yeah, and that's just like a normal thing that a Biden presidency, I think, will pursue. He'll just go to his Department of Justice and say, hey, work out agreements as best you can using the federal government, and we can get the ball rolling. And that stuff will happen. It won't be reported on very much because it's just not sexy. But, like, he'll just do those things. (laughs) I mean, I I can't even... Maybe I'm yeah, just cynic- maybe I'm just cynical, but I'm like, will he just do those things? Like, I I'm like, he- my think this is my thinking is like, all right, even if he just does do these things, at this point, I'm like, how do the voters hold all the elected officials accountable? That's where I am, because I'm like, yeah. if he just decides, all right, yeah, maybe you know, hey, I have better things to focus on. And of course, don't get me wrong, I agree right now, COVID and the economy, yeah, they they have to be targeted, they have to have priority. And I also do think they help other things we have going on. Both of these things impact communities differently. But that being said, I still have a larger picture in mind that I'm like, okay, these are still issues. And I guess I really, yeah, I I do personally feel like, how can I hold him accountable and i don't have an answer on that one i'm kind of just throwing it out there because i don't know the question of how to hold him accountable what makes it challenging is that the steps he'll take will happen under the radar so i i googled it real quick and they were called consent decrees so for instance in in cleveland uh, obama holder did a consent decree and this is according to an article on politico and it said they had 380 specific forms including new training reforms new training on the use of force protocols to responding to the mentally ill and bias-free policing and changes intended to hold police more accountable. Now, Trump got, he, he didn't do the consent decrees. He just stopped doing them. But when the police would have problems, the Obama holder DOJ would make them enter a consent decree where they would start doing reforms. Um, I don't think Biden Harris is going to not pursue that. But it'll happen under the radar. And so it goes back to the question you've raised, Sasha, which is if it happens under the radar and it doesn't get attention, how will we hold them accountable for it? And that's a no. I mean, I don't know if you guys have any good answers for that one. That's hey, this is a good question. Well, so and this is um this is something that um 
I, I think Sasha was speaking to um, involvement, engagement. He, like, um, I know, uh, I know Stacey Abrams has already said it, right? Like this, this wasn't like, so we celebrate today and tomorrow we get back to work. Yep. I think that um, as, as it's been put a couple different times, like uh, both engagement and uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's uh, I've been messing up my words all day. Uh, not enlightenment. It's um, transparency. I feel like things like these should, even if they don't make the same headlines that they would have otherwise, I feel like things like those should make some form of news that gets publicized in some degree. I feel like things like those are very much worth having the American people know about them, especially given all of the increased want in the you know, systematic changes or systemic changes uh, that people have been pushing for, especially within this last year. So I, I wholeheartedly believe in my own heart of hearts that there should be a lot more transparency as to what is going on in Washington. And that is one of the ways that we can know. We, we, we get reports on that information. And then we, as a people can do whatever we need to do about it, whether that's continue to protest organize locally whatever that's supposed to look like we just need to know what the situation is so we can respond when you said that i think what i thought is i'm interested to see if and how the media will change under a biden presidency that that's was my i wasn't thinking about that actually until you just spoke josh and i'm like yeah will we start reporting on news differently will the four years of just really being fed up and vocal and mass protests lead to news that i would hope at least keeps that in mind and like pushes those issues to the forefront by talking about policies that have went through haven't gone through and etc because yeah i think you know I don't just want it to be four years of Biden and then four more years of Biden doesn't do what he has to do. I'm like, Biden, you have one term, okay? Do what needs to be done, and then I'll see if I'll give you my vote for another. And I hope everyone is looking at it like, okay, four years, bud. Let's get to work. Yes. I feel like that's how everyone should be looking at it. I mean, so, and and this is the, the beauty of, like, this is the the beauty of the way the house and the senate are set up right so we it's it's two years it's not four true it's two. <laughs> yep. good point yep you're right <laughs> yeah no those are both great points the part about the media also um the energy a lot of people had the last four years is ultimately it's unsustainable i think because it was just exhausting like being on being on protest being on like a protest and almost war footing for the last four years has just been draining. And I don't, and I do wonder how the media will actually, because they're going to ease off the gas sort of naturally, because they're just going to be more happy with, well, as Francine comments, maybe they won't need as many fact checkers. That seems like a sure bet. (laughs) They won't need as many fact checkers, (laughs) job loss, unfortunately (laughs) uh, coming to CNN, but without the same energy and the same war footing, will they also become lax on their watchdog responsibilities? And 
It's a possibility. I mean, I won't deny that it's a possibility. You're right, Sasha. That is a chance. Yeah. I hope they don't, but, you know, they're exhausted too. <laughs> so effectively, we, we've determined that there's not exactly a good answer. However, we, I feel like we all do want some way to make sure that we as a people know what's going on in Washington. Still. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think we all just need a collective vacation as a country. We just need like a two-week collective vacation. Oh my god! <laughs> Can we get I, a vacation stimulus? Like an actual, like, just separate vacation stimulus, and then let's start again. I regret to inform you that, like, the next, uh, you know, Trump's in office until January twelfth. Oh. oh boy. <laughs> um, uh, if psychological profiles are, you know, or anything to go by, um, salt the earth and like salt the earth, scorched earth pol- um, reactions are the most likely outcome at this point. Yeah, but also, yeah. uh, for my other main interest, like I'm a gamer, cyberpunk is hopefully coming out, and there will be some extended me time. It's <laughs> like, hey. I'm not doing politics for the next week. Please leave me alone. (laughs) Just being totally honest. Like, cause you're right. We all need, I don't know, video games, a break, go do some yoga. Like, I I don't know. Whatever you do, whatever you do, we all need it. (laughs) This weekend, I don't know about over there in Indiana, but we've had, gorgeous weather and i should say by gorgeous global warming is real it's 72 <laughs> degrees in november so oh. let me be clear uh we've got some global warming uh weather tendencies but i must say it's just been kind of nice this weekend to get out just grab a drink go to the park sit on some grass and just do some self-care like yeah. anything, just take if you can one mental health day uh, to decompress after the craziness that happened, Absolutely. the craziness that's still to come. To Alex's yes. point, <laughs> this is the calm before the storm. Uh, no, no. I really, I really hope that's wrong, man. Yeah. I have no reason to believe that it's not, but <laughs> yes, absolutely. Take some time for yourself, get yourself right, do whatever you need to do. They're the aftershocks, yeah. is what these are. They're the aftershocks. Yeah. Uh, the quake has passed. The aftershocks are here, and um, they're going to be ugly, but they'll stop. Let's say to to quote our president elect, you just got to keep the faith. Man, yeah, that speech. Are we going to talk about his speech? Uh, uh, I, I I didn't have it on here, but we can. Yeah. I uh, say so, uh, I so I I was um. So I've got to, like I say, um, when the pandemic started, my college roommates who like, we're all scattered across the country. Um, but we started a weekly, like a, a weekly meetup. Like we just, uh, do, um, like Google, Google hangouts, uh, every Saturday evening, like every, like from like eight o'clock to whenever people decide they like had to go to bed and just hang out. So I missed, I missed the, um, I missed it live, but I saw your your post, Anthony, and I was like, "Oh man, like I, I gotta watch this now." And that was a really good speech. Yes, you, you, <laughs> I was pulling up your I was pulling up your uh, your page because I wanted to quote you directly. 
Oh man, I feel honored here. I mean, it was a great <laughs> quote. Uh, so uh, you know, Biden delivered a speech way more impressive than his opponents and critics on both sides claimed he was capable of. He was not the winner by default. He's not there as some placeholder. He's there because he was better than the rest. And it was yeah. Like, that speech, yeah, man. Like you Yeah. <laughs> that speech was a really perfect example of what made Biden formidable in the primary and and formidable in the general. It it hit all the notes he needed to hit. It had the weird random Biden asides where he's telling the story about his grandma, which is like the most Biden typical thing. We're like what is this random Joey story we're getting? What, like, <laughs> and and he ends it like shot out of nowhere because like, oh yeah, Biden's a Catholic, and he's like, don't don't keep the faith, Joey, spread it. Like, what in the world? Like that is Biden. Weird random asides. He starts off with like, I think I see my friends in the crowd. Like, there's people I know. He's doing the whole. He somehow manages to like shake hands with people during the pandemic. Like, like Karen C said, like he's it, it's. That was that's his whole thing in a nutshell, and I thought it was, you know, he looked younger. He looked, he's wanted this his whole life. I mean, he's wanted this since the mid '80s. He has wanted to be president, and there's nothing wrong with that. He's a politician, but I, I was really impressed, um, and I was impressed with Kamala's speech. <laughs> yeah, when he jogged out, I was like, we're gonna have a moment where he like trips on the red carpet. It's gonna be really bad. <laughs> Don't don't get ahead of yourself, uh, President Elect. But uh, so I don't know. I mean, did you guys get a chance to watch it? I did. I, I, yeah. did. I didn't. So I'm definitely want to hear all the commentary because that is something still on my to do list for the weekend. Yeah, it's definitely worth watching. Yep. I mean, um, um. So can can we just talk about um? Uh. So one, I'm a huge Coldplay <laughs> fan. So. Uh, so he, he wrapped it up with um, a sky full of stars and then literally had drones to spell out Biden in the in the air. It was, um, but I say, so something I didn't realize at the time was uh, Bo, um, his, um, is, that his, is that his youngest son? Or is it, the, is it the oldest? I don't recall. No, no, no. I think that's his son that He passed, died from, right. uh, he lost, I'll say he died from cancer not like not too long ago, but Coldplay was his favorite band uh, Coldplay literally, the lead singer from Coldplay literally sang at his wedding. And Sky oh, huh. Full of Stars was his favorite song. Oh. oh. Wow. That was like a really, like, very, um, like, when you delved into it, it was like, it was a cool moment, like, like to like to experience, but it was like, a, it was a really personal moment for him. Yeah. Yeah. That, that stuff. That's, that's, that's a lot. I didn't know that. Yeah. I mean, and, it's like, and it's a really it's really nice to have this like human moment with the, like with the less this, you know, with the president, like yep. I haven't experienced this in and, four years. guys. Well, and it doesn't just matter. Like it's not just something that makes us feel better. This is something we saw back in the primary. Right. So after Bernie conceded, he and Biden did the Bernie Biden task force where they put together, you know, how do we make Biden's platform basically more progressive was essentially what we they were trying to do. And that only happened because him and Bernie had a really good personal relationship from working together. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, Bernie liked Biden. He, like, liked him personally. And so he was willing to work with him to make his platform more progressive. Um, my, so... My, my friend Joe Biden. Right, my friend Joe Biden. 
And so even in a policy sense, that stuff does matter. Like the, the personal touch, it certainly helps him with uh, his own party. Um, I, I remains to be seen how much it helps him with the other side, but you know, that stuff matters at the end of the day. That's why I said what I said. Like he was better than the rest because that stuff matters. <laughs> yeah. I think my, my biggest takeaway from everything and you, you saw Biden use verbiage like this in basically every situation and where he got to speak either directly to the American people or through some kind of proxy, like a, like a, a debate or something, but it was basically about unity. Like it was, the, one of the main points that Biden brings out is the fact that we are an American people um, and he's going to work just as hard for the people who voted for him uh, or the people who didn't vote for him as the people who did. And like we have spent far too long dividing ourselves as a country and we just need to like start working together to like beat our challenges because we've never not done that. And I, I it wasn't until like a couple of things that he threw out that I, I really started to like, I, I knew that like, I was going to vote for him, but I wasn't quite sure that I liked Biden as a candidate until that speech. That makes sense. Yeah. That, that makes sense. That, that was, and you know, having as, as people who were, you know, pretty actively engaged with politics and like followed the whole primary process. That was the best speech of the year. Yeah. Just, from, sure. from from I would say yeah. from any candidate across like across the aisle that was the like that was just the best speech of the year. Yep. So yeah, Sasha, you yeah. have to watch it. I'm like, yeah, I'm like all these. I'm like, oh, I'm like, hmm. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, I mean, like, really. You like uh, Biden as a candidate now? Like, <laughs> I definitely well, need to tune in. Yes, I mean. um, if you had been listening to us like during the primary, if you had gone back, like I had said from the beginning, like Biden's, he, he he's got it, and that's because he just does these weird. He he has these weird Bidenisms, and people like him, and it just works. And that speech really was. I'm not surprised that it kind of changed your mind, Josh. I'm I, I'm not I'm not super shocked. I think a lot of people find themselves in a similar position because I know when I posted that, I got some comments, I got some messages from friends who were like, "Yeah, like we." He kind of caught us off guard. <laughs> we thought he was a doddering old man. And we're like, oh, huh. <laughs> I mean, that, that's what the right would have had you believe earlier. Well, there's a political lesson for the right, which is you should not say your opponents are incapable of speaking because all he has to do is speak to prove you wrong. <laughs> <laughs> very, very I fair. Say, I love that meme of uh, how do all these people get in my basement? <laughs> Yeah. Now, uh, bringing the discussion a, a bit back on track, um, there's a couple other questions that I wanted to I wanted to gather, and then a quote that I wanted to end with because uh, I think the quote encapsulates basically everything that I think about current day America and all the work that we have left to do. So, first, first thing that I'm gonna I'm gonna bring up here is that there there are a lot of people shouting for change. I use that word very specifically, shouting for a change. There are also a lot of people voting 
to keep things the same. I also use that word very intentionally, voting, because those people aren't always loud, although sometimes they are, and they look they they make a big fool of themselves. But the moving forward here, go, going back to Biden Biden Harris presidency, um, given what we know of him. Which way do you think Biden will lead in his coming or will lean in his coming term? Will he push more for change or more for getting us back to some form of normal? Um, I don't think they're mutually exclusive. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I'm with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I think <laughs> there will be a radical change to, to, to normalcy. Um, uh, and then I, I mean, probably a little bit more incremental, let's say, I mean, incremental changes, but probably at a more accelerated rate than um, what Obama was trying to do, or that we saw during the Obama admini- like uh, administration, I should say. I, I agree. Yep. I also think that there's a new normal, even COVID alone, it, in less than a year, our definition of normal has radically changed. But this is a new normal. So I right. want to say I would kind of hope that's reflected somewhat. I mean, not not the COVID, but this idea that in, in a short period of time, you can have like new normals that just start to feel livable again. Now, I hope the new normals are more progressive. I mean, it is a Biden-Harris, you know, ticket. So I am interested in seeing, you know, Kamala was very strategic, and I think she did bring some people out. And I'm interested to see not only how Biden will play out, but how Kamala, and, you know, there's, of course, a lot of pressure on her being a Black, Asian, first-generation American, how she is going to put, I would hope, more. Yeah, I am counting on her to maybe put a little more progressive policies through. And maybe that's wrong, but it's honest. Yeah. There. Yeah, I think in terms of that question, I, I think a lot of this hinges on um, how Biden sees himself. And we haven't had a president like this. And I'm trying to think of my head. It, it's been a while. Barack was young and his did not see the presidency as the end of his career, uh, just because he was too young to leave the stage. Uh, George Bush wasn't was also fairly young and wasn't trying to hand off anything to like dick cheney like dick cheney had no ambitions further than where he was at bill clinton didn't see himself as exiting the stage um it's been a while but but biden sees himself like he knows this is the capstone this is it for him like after this he's exiting the public stage and he knows that but he also knows he is a bridge to kamala He's a bridge to whatever comes after him. And he sees that. And that's a very unique position for him. If he embraces that role, which I hope he does, he could deliver, uh, he could help deliver change while also ushering in whatever comes next. Um, that's what I, that's what I hope he does. Uh, I hope he helps mend some of the inter-party conflict that is brewing in the Democratic Party. I hope he he can help mend fences because that's what he does best. Um, and so if he spends his four years sort of, you know, bridging between the Bernie wing and the 
center swing, bridging between the young moderates and the young progressives. And like, that could be really, really great for, for politics in general, but for the Democrat party specifically. Um, well, and uh, not, uh, and along, you know, I, I totally agree. Um, and along those lines being the, he's, uh, you know, for better or for worse, um, he is a law, his career is one of, um, let's say of, working across the aisle of bipartisanship yep. um he like we like uh, i don't think we like it was really talked about in the um in the election because we kind of uh like the democrat strategy was kind of this blue wave idea but he and mitch mcconnell go back decades they like yes. they worked together before they know how the other person works they know how the other person thinks and so even if mitch mcconnell is going to be the senate majority leader I think that he's um, that Biden is going to have a better um, is going to be better equipped to create um, you know, to have bipartisan measures um, in uh, in the Senate and just across the country. And so, yes, he's this you know he may help bridge this gap between like within the Democratic Party, but also between the Democratic and the Republican Party. Yeah, I think that's. I I say I want that to be the case. Yes, I mean, look, I don't know if he can or not because I don't know what the Republican Party plans to do. They've got some some to figure out of their own. They they got some work to do. Like guys, you need to rebuild your house for real. But I will say, if Biden can't bridge the gap, I don't know if there's another figure who can. If he can't do it, I don't know if anyone can. I mean, him and Mitch McConnell have been working together for 35 years. If that's not worth something to Mitch McConnell and the Republican Party, then what would be? <laughs> that's a good question. That is an excellent question that I do not have an answer to. Yeah. Nor is it my job to have an answer to that. So I'm just going to leave that right there, and we're going to go ahead and move on. <laughs> now, my last question before I leave you guys with a quote is uh, one of my biggest takeaways from this entire election process is that, I mean, we, we know the numbers now. Um, how do we reconcile the fact that seven plus million people voted to keep Donald Trump president? And when I say reconcile that, I mean, we know what Donald stood for. We, we know who he was. He spent four years showing us exactly who he is. And there are seven, 70 sorry, million people who decided they wanted four more years of that. How do we, as a nation, reconcile that? So this is um some of y'all some of y'all aren't ready for this conversation, um but I'm just gonna I'm just gonna th say say this. Um, a lot of people um are will say, a lot of people are scared, a lot of people are scared for like for a variety of different reasons, and they are willing as say and they pro like. You know, Don, I say Donald Trump does not have you know the so like the support numbers like the like the polls that came out all the time like he doesn't have seventy million people who approve of the way he's handling things. He has seventy million people who said that 
abort say that um abortion is more important to me than um let's say than than anything else that the economy is more important to me than anything else that and it's like whether this really like whether these reflect like are true or not that's how people feel they have this anxiety and that ne- and that needs to be addressed yeah yeah <laughs> it's i mean i don't know if there was i mean i can't say there's no one but people who voted for trump and, and and i say this being related to people who voted for trump uh a lot of them they didn't vote for the whole package like alex was mentioning they they hated chunks of the package in fact they were really clear like we hate this thing he does we just like these other things he does more than the things we hate and you know so this big question of what does it mean that 70 million people voted for donald trump and i would go whatever it means we're not equipped to ask or answer that question given the state of our media and understanding of each other on a basic level we're, i don't think we're equipped to answer that because um, what did it mean in 2008 when Barack Obama won a landslide? He won Indiana, for God's sake. Did that mean we were going to see the end? People were like, we're in a post-racial society. That seems like that was a it was a bad guess at the time, and it looks real bad looking back. <laughs> yep. um, and so in 2012, when they said, well, what does it mean that they reelected a black man? Like. What does that mean? We draw these huge conclusions in the week after an election, and almost none of them ever hold up. <laughs> um, so I, we're not equipped to ask it. I, but I, I think when you look at the whole picture, the whole picture to me says a lot of Americans voted and said, we want you to work together because it seems a lot of people were willing to say we want to get him out but not give all the power to you i'll I'll say and i want to i want to echo that so um you don't have to look very far than maine so um maine is a i'll say is a state that Joe Biden carried by, and I'm pulling up numbers as we speak, so give me just one moment. Um, what, you, what? No, I don't want exit polls. Sorry. Um, so, Maine carried Joe Biden by, so overall, because oh, Maine is a little weird because it does by district rather than um, overall. So, um, uh, carry Joe Biden by. 80,000 say about 80,000 votes despite this Suzanne Collins won her say won her seat uh senate seat by 60,000 votes and that means that's um what 14,000 sorry no 140,000 different yeah that's 140,000 like split like split tickets yep yep she she won her race by nine and he won his race by eight. 
So she ran ahead of Donald Trump by 17%. And in fact, in a lot of states, a lot of congressional candidates ran ahead of Donald Trump um, in terms of percentage, meaning that uh, there were people who didn't vote for Donald Trump, but then voted for their state rep. So they're telling both parties, like, get your act together. <laughs> fair. Yeah. That's, that's a fair assessment. Um, like I said before, that was like one of the biggest things that kind of stuck out to me, um, was just given everything we know he is and everything he's proven himself to be like, why did we have as many people vote for him as we did? And I think you guys hit the nail right on the head there because those were things I was absolutely not thinking about. Like there are a lot of people I even know who are 100% single issue voters. And I think we need to stop that i think we need to educate more people uh but more specifically i i think that there needs to be a culture of change here now especially now uh out of all the things that we've dealt with uh whether that be covid whether that be the you know the the reignition of racial injustice there there's there's a lot of things that we need to fix. And there are a lot of systemic issues that need to be addressed. And I feel like none of those things can be fixed in a vacuum. Uh, just like how we we had a conversation in a, in a discussion episode beforehand about how a lot of these issues are correlated in a lot of different ways, especially in a lot of ways that we aren't thinking about. Um, and I think that we need to address some of our problems at their core. And I just hope, I hope personally, that Biden and Harris can, in fact, at least start that process. I know that no president's work is ever truly finished in four to eight years. However, I believe we can at least get the process started. And this is the quote from AOC that says to me, everything that is currently wrong with today's America and places we can go to try to fix it. You guys have probably already heard this, but if you haven't, I would like you to sit with me for just a second and hear this. He can stay. He can go. He can be impeached or voted out in 2020. Thank God he was. But removing Trump will not remove the infrastructure of an entire party that embraced him, the dark money that funded him, the online radicalization that drummed his army, nor the racism he amplified and reanimated. Yeah. So there's a lot of damage that's been done to this country. And I hope that now we can begin to heal. That is my yep. hope with this new president. That is my hope with their policies. That is my hope with anyone who comes after them, that we can begin the process of healing and then hopefully start to actually solve the problems that we have seen come to light in full force throughout these last four years. You guys have, you guys have any last thoughts? I mean, just uh, echo echo that a little bit. Like I've lived through what, like six presidential elections, and um, I don't feel like 
I say, and this election was exhausting in a way that none of the others have been before. And I don't want to live. I don't want to go through another election like this, like where the stakes should not be this high for an election. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. No, and, and fixing it requires uh, good people to stay in the fight and stay in the stay in it for the rest of us. Your AOC quote makes me think of the interview she gave where she says she may not run for office again, but like, this is the fight. So it can be frustrating, but you got to stick in it (laughs) for the good of like, that's, that's, that's what people elected you for. You got to stay in the fight. (laughs) I think there's a larger cultural fight though. Like, that's always what I go back to. And, you know, you had mentioned people who vote just based on one issue. And for me, I think people who vote just based on abortion, you know, and they're like, no, if a candidate is pro-choice, they just don't have my vote. At least personally, I'm like the privilege to just vote based on abortion must be sweet. But I think that's part of a larger culture of so we can call it social conservatism, but for me, I'm just like, I just think basic women's rights as a woman, I would like us that to stop debating about that. That's what I would like. How about certain things that are just basic human rights? Your opinions don't really matter on it anymore. (laughs) And I think that is, you know, beyond just voting or whatever. I hope that politics aside, we can see some, different ways of learning how to coexist with each other as Americans. We, we as individuals need to do that. You know, I hope now that it's not Trump, but you were saying before Anthony about actually being able to sit down and look at ideas and really evaluate them and their merit as intellectual ideas and to have a space where we can have debates without throwing so many labels on someone just because on the surface, the perspectives are different, but that's going to take a lot of work. And that healing is going to be way more than four years, eight years, 12 years. Like this has been in the making for decades. And I think that's what I'm prayerful that we, we can see more of because we have a president and vice president elect who I believe believe in those things just off of principle i think we need more of that believing on those things off of principles i absolutely agree so with that being said this podcast was brought to you in part by Eliag productions a studio for podcasters and musicians and of course pointcast news to listen to any of our other podcasts please go visit our website at pointcast.news or you can find us on apple podcasts also be sure to like us and follow us on our facebook page we really like interacting with you guys there that's where we put our polls our quotes our saturday morning cartoons we really like uh, interacting with you guys in that way so please uh like comment i would say subscribe but this isn't youtube but uh we really like you guys uh hanging out with us there and we obviously like providing content for you so thank you for listening thank you guys for being here this has been josh hyde signing out